dance. Damn, now every song's got a rapper dance. I know where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Not who I'm told to be. When I follow my dream, yeah, I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I know where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Not who I'm told to be. The original Jew. When I follow my dream, I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this uh, special episode of Recruiting Real Talk. With me today, I have Dr. Kristen Heredia, you know, uh, a very special guest who wrote a very uh, influential and viral almost article about equal playing time. So you said you've gotten a lot of response back from this one article. Can you tell me about that a little? I have. Um, I've received an overwhelming amount of, um, for the most part, positive response on this article. I've received emails and correspondence from everywhere, from Canada, Florida, Kentucky, Massachusetts, um, Idaho. There's been several coaches, parents, officials, just people in sporting industry that have reached out to me regarding this article to just kind of chat about it and um, give me their perspective. So I've been really pleased with the feedback I've gotten. I know that I was very compelled to reach out to you because the content doesn't seem to be that prevalent and the thinking of the content and about that type of you're responsible for gaining or winning your equal playing time. Those statements don't really resound very much today. Yeah, I, I seem to find when I'm attending sporting events, it is more of a sense of entitlement. You make the team, students expect they play. It's less about how much work you put in, who's honing their skills for the particular sport. Um, it's more just, I made the team, I, I should be playing, we should all be playing. Um, that just seems to be the norm lately, amongst parents and students alike, really. So. Where do you think, like, okay, so you're an educator. You've been around sports your whole life right now. Um, where, do you th where do you think that change came in? You know, um, before I wrote this article, I kind of um, did my own little research and tried to read up because I was curious about the same thing. And uh, I would tend to say a lot of the things I looked at Obviously, they can't pinpoint one thing, but a lot of it um, seems to stem back to maybe running marathons and partic participation medals, which then stem to youth sports where everybody got a prize or everyone gets an award, which then now throughout the last maybe 10 years or so, those kids are just used to getting awards and used to getting the playing time and everything has to be equal. and everybody gets a prize and um that seems to be a theory out there like i said they can't necessarily pinpoint but from what i've read and looked at it's that's a that's a theory so yeah well you know the theory of the marathon runners you, you got to think of what a marathon runner does right the challenge isn't um just get the challenge for many marathon runners is just to finish right Agreed. you know Agreed. The, that that I I am ta I'm taking on this marathon not to win, 
not even to compete because it's a marathon. The fact that you arrived and, and trained for to run that long is an accomplishment in itself. So well deserved to get something, right? Agreed. And I and I would say I believe a participation medal is completely different than a finisher medal. So might youth sports get participation trophies, great. But I don't consider marathon runners medals as participation. You finished. You you are you're earning a finisher medal. That is a very large feat and something you've trained and sacrificed for. It is well deserved. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents then took that as, well, you know, hey, we feel good when we get this. We should how about giving the kids something for playing? Yes. And it just grew from there to, I guess, you know, to the love of the trophy industry. <laughs> and I think that stems even in, in education, unfortunately, that stems even deeper outside of everybody getting a prize. You know, um, that seems to be a big new wave here in education, not only in sports, but in academics and everything else. So it's an issue. Um, I don't agree with the, any of this because, as you've seen from my article, um, you got to put in the hard work. Life isn't always fair. Not everyone's going to win. Not everyone's going to get the starting roles or, you know, the first seat in the band or be the quarterback. Like, you have to work at this and you have to put in the time and the effort. So I think we're setting our kids up for a big surprise and big disappointment just in life in general. If we can't teach them these life lessons early and help as parents and, you know, just a community to help them through that and make them realize failure's okay. Maybe football isn't your thing. Maybe band isn't your thing to do, but let's move on, you know, pick ourselves back up and we'll find something else. But um, it, it just seems really hard for them to do that. And do you think that's like from pressure from internally or do you think that's external pressure that says, no, you have to play this because all the other kids are doing it? Yeah, I mean, both. Um, I think in um, your more affluent areas, I think maybe pressure from home. You know, if they come from a, parents who are very successful and do well, you know, that pressure is definitely going to be coming from home to some degree. You know, I definitely, even for my own children, I'm, I'm going to have some expectations from them as far as... Um, I want them to be involved in something. I don't necessarily care what they choose, but I think activities are great for many reasons and um, help learn life lessons. It's great physically and mentally. It helps many things. But um, I think in, in those more affluent areas, you know, the internal pressure is huge for some of those kids. Right. Um, some right. want scholarships for some, some kids that I um, – deal with, um, you know, might not have the means to go to college or do some other things and sports is their way to get there and they know it. So that's a lot of pressure as well. So I think it can be a, a variety of things. Absolutely. Their situation. Yeah. Well, I, I know my pressure was definitely that situation, the second situation where I wasn't getting to college unless I found a way to get a scholarship. But, you know, that drove me to love the game even more and to work through my processes even more than than worry about, um, well, the other aspect was my parents couldn't be that present to yell at the coach if I wasn't playing, you know. And and you're seeing some of that even in your high school setting where 
you know, coaches and officials are becoming hard to come by because of all of the backlash from not playing a kid. It is. It gets to be um, get officials from other areas to come fill in when they can't get it enough. I know had a lot of issues, not at our school particularly, but just in our community, whether it's anything from instructional league soccer to um, travel softball in the summer. People were having a hard time finding coaches who want to deal with, I guess, the politics of it all and dealing with the parents and, um, you know, just getting scrutinized for playing who they think's going to be the best fit for the tournament or for the win and it is competitive sport so that's where I I have a heart people argue that well no but they made a team and we paid the money and we should play and that doesn't guarantee you playing time you're on the team but again you have to realize it's a competitive sport you're they're there to win tournaments and if you know your child skills aren't as good as the next guys you have to be realistic that they're not going to play all the time maybe very little so that's just part of the reality i think of competitive sports and that's across the across the board all of them you just have to if you're not able like i said to ride the emotional roller coaster of competitive sports and do it honorably um then it's just not your thing it's not one of your strengths it's it's time to move on and find something else that better suits you. And that's okay. You know, I really did not believe that a few years ago. And about four years ago, I started looking at kids and realizing that, you know, this is your one time as a kid. This is your one time in junior high. This is your one time in high school where you're going to be able to build memories and friendships that last a lifetime. So. Mm-hmm. And and it got to the point where I was like, why push a kid to do something that they're not going to enjoy and and have those as their memories? True. If they're not enjoying what they're doing, by no means do you want to push a child to be miserable and and sit on a bench if if they're hating life. But if they love, I mean, my daughter's been part of some teams and she loves the activity. She loves just being on the team and being part of that group and that community. And she wasn't playing or being involved all the time but she was okay with that so I was okay with that and we'd have discussions about it and she continued to work hard and have a good attitude and cheer the rest of the team on and um that's that's part of it too and and when there came a day when she had had enough um she would finish out the year of course and she could find something new the following season if if that's what she chose to do you know and great point you made about finishing yeah, that's the rule in my house. If you if you start um, an activity, you finish the season. You There's no quitting mid-year. Um, once you start something, you finish out the year. If you choose not to do that activity the following year, that's, that's fine. But um, that's the rule at my house. If you begin it, you're going to finish out the year. So they're well aware of that. <laughs> Obviously a conversation that they, you've had before. Oh, Yes, before even starting, hey, yep. this is what you're getting into. You here's know. the time it's going to take. Here's the things you potentially will miss um, as long as you're okay with that. Um, but, you know, that's part of the deal. You you've gave a commitment to a team, and there's other people that may have tried out or a space that you've taken from somebody else, 
and you're going to do the respectful thing and honorable thing and you're going to finish out the year in that role and you don't have to do it again next year if it's not something that you've enjoyed but you will finish out and um, hold up to your commitment to that team right nope similar rule in our house so from the feedback that you got back right you know the feedback you got from other coaches other people um has most of it been surrounding that whole thought of 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 like not not entitling kids or figuring out ways to help people understand that just because you joined the team or you paid your $100 does not mean that it's an automatic full hour of playing time. Yes. Um, in fact, the majority of negative feedback that I've received that I've caught is about, is from, seems to be from parents with children on traveling teams of some sort. And they are very angry that they've paid the money and which is typically a, a hefty amount for travel activities and their child still does not play as much as they think they should. That seems to be the biggest gripe. It seems to be mostly from travel activity parents who are mad because we paid all this money and my child still isn't playing. If, if the coach didn't want them or the coach wasn't going to play them, why would they make me pay all this money to be on the team? Um, so that seems to be the biggest um issue or the biggest negative comments that I've gotten back. So how would you approach that with a parent? In many cases, when I start a team, I make it clear when everybody's going to play and I make it clear that there are times where everybody's not going to play. Have you heard anything from coaches where they're saying their methods about sharing that information with parents and making sure that they're clear up front? Yes, and I have heard um, about, so like you had said, communicating exactly, um, you know, scenarios in which everyone might not play or scenarios in which everyone might play. And if you're really upfront with them about that, some coaches have even also put in that before they even conduct tryouts, here I'm laying it out for you, this is how I run my program, and here's what you should expect if this is not something, you know, that you are going to agree with or that you want your son or daughter involved with and maybe um, this isn't for you. So yes, I have heard that they've set out guidelines even before tryouts, which I think was, that was a good idea because then you can at least say, I've communicated all that to you. Um, you were fully aware that this were, this was the way I ran my program. So it's kind of hard for people to argue at that point. You know, even as an athlete, you know, in your life, I've, I've, I played softball my whole life, um, travel ball, softball, I played volleyball, I've been involved in all that, and there's years you just aren't on, and you do really good, and there's years you're kind of off, but if you love it, you just keep working at it, and I think that's an, another reason, you know, when people just start giving up, thinking, well, I guess I'm just... I don't play, I'm done. I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to the weight room. I'm not going to, you know, go work on my swing or my pitching skills. And they just give up. I mean, I've had lots of talks with students that I work with just saying, like, don't give up. If you love it, keep working at it. Get down to the weight room. You know, go work with your coach on some stuff. But you have good years, you have bad years. Just keep plugging along, just as in life. 
It's just like life. Absolutely. Kristen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, hopefully we get a chance to follow up with you and see uh, what more feedback that you've gotten from uh, the sporting community at large. And uh, a shout out to the listeners. Hey, if you like what you hear, give us a like on SoundCloud or CastBox or iTunes or Stitcher, any of those places that you can pick up Recruiting Real Talk. And we hope to, uh, well, we know that we'll catch up with Kristen again. And hopefully you're listening to hear what she has to say. This has been Recruiting Real Talk. Thank you for listening. I know where I'm supposed to be, not who I'm told to be. When I follow my dream, I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. I know where I'm supposed to be, not who I'm told to be. The original truth. When I follow my dream, I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. I wish I followed my dream when I first had the chance. I wish I could have seen a life of passing a glance.